Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. hope you're staying warm this morning. Truly, I do. Uh, it's always great when the church begins to fill up because then it gets warmer. So, yeah, we're, we're glad you're here. And then when you start singing, it fills up with hot air as well. I mean, it's just really, it. Uh, so is everyone getting warmer? I'm hoping good air, hot air, not, not, not bad, good air, yeah. I want us to pray as we continue this morning. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you so much. Uh, help us to hear from you. God, help us to uh, hear your word. Lord, help us to understand uh, what you ask us, Father, what you ask of us, Lord, and help us to... Uh, just to continue the conversation with you, Lord. We know that uh, you invite us into a continual relationship, not just an occasional stand up and pray or or sit down and pray, but a constant conversation. So thank you for that invitation. Lord Jesus, uh, we know that when we stop talking to you, uh, it's the beginning of the end. So Lord, we ask this morning, you would help us understand that we need to continue to have conversations with you, Lord, because you speak to us. You love to be in relationship with us, Father. Help us to understand that you You've gone nowhere, Father. You are with us. You care for us. Lord Jesus, that you hear us when we pray. And Lord, you know our needs before we even ask. Lord Jesus, you love us more than we can ever even imagine. And so, Father, this morning we ask God that you would help us to continue to understand the importance of of keeping that conversation live and active. We love you, Father. We thank you for this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Luke 18. Verse 1, simple verse, says this. One day, Jesus told his his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. This morning, I so appreciate uh, Sibyl leading us in a a prayer that we would stand up and speak. Often when we ask uh, the church to do that, uh, or often when you're asked to pray, or in any any context or any setting, it's it's awkward. Uh, We feel awkward. We're not sure we want to do it. Uh, I, I think some of you this morning, you knew that God was asking you to speak up and pray, and uh, you struggled uh, to obey God to do that. Uh, I'm glad you obeyed and did that. But you probably struggled before you spoke this morning because praying out loud, praying in a group sometimes for a lot of people is awkward. It's not something we do on a regular basis. And, and often the way we pray, we close our eyes and we, we try to imagine where God is. Although He's sovereign, He's everywhere. He's omnipresent, uh, he's omniscient. We struggle sometimes to have that conversation. We close our eyes sometimes and help us to focus on him. Uh, you know people who pray with their eyes open? Have you been around? You may pray with your eyes open. Uh, but you often when you do that, struggle to kind of focus where your eyes should be when you're actually praying to this one that you cannot see, right? It's a, it's a struggle. Prayer itself can be uh, awkward. Unless you pray on a consistent basis, where this is just natural and normal for you. Uh, And that really is the the context of what God is asking us to do, is to keep that conversation active. Never stop praying uh, is the idea here. Not that we would occasionally try to muster up enough courage to actually speak to this God that we cannot see. And that's usually how we approach prayer, is uh, most of us, is just that occasionally we have a moment where we say, okay, I'm going to pray now. And we close our eyes and we start speaking. Very often we don't listen. We just start speaking and then we finish and we say amen and we're done. Maybe we talk to God again another week. 
but this is kind of how we approach prayer, often instead of an ongoing conversation. I can tell you right now that in friendships, if uh, when I have uh, not spoken to friends for a long time, our friendship doesn't really grow. It's not in the depth that it should be. I try to have as many conversations with my wife as is possible. Uh, we love to sit down and just talk. We try never to stop talking to each other. I don't know how your marriage works, but uh, <laughs> it usually works better if you keep the conversation going, right? There's some husbands there going, some wives going. <laughs> Got to keep this conversation going. Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples and saying to them, uh, you should always keep praying and don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged in those conversations. We all know uh, what it's like to be in difficult relationships. And very often, uh, one of the points where we realize that the conversation uh, with a relationship is difficult is when we get tired of talking to that individual. I don't know if you've been there before in your life, but this has happened to me on occasion where I just don't feel like talking to that person ever again. Uh, or in the middle of the conversation, we've gone over the same issue three or four times or maybe 10 times, and I just don't want to cover it again. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. Or as my sister-in-law loves to say, she's not a person of a lot of words. My brother is. And so very often in conversation, she will say, I don't have any more words. And then they'll end the conversation. My brother, and I'm going to tell him to watch this sermon. He's in the States. But my brother always has enough words. He has, always has another word that he can say. But his wife does not. And so they've learned in their marriage to figure that out. Don't stop praying. We can't ever stop the conversation. Why do we pray anyway? Why do we have a conversation with God? Why do we pray? Uh, scripturally, we pray because John 14, verse 13 and 14, uh, Jesus encourages us and asks us to keep that conversation alive. He says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so the Son of Man can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus is encouraging us to come to him and approach him and say we need this. Please, can you help us with this? And this glorifies the Father. Uh, God answering our prayer, hearing us, is it brings glory to the Father, brings, brings, brings glory to God. And it also uh, gives us joy. Uh, when God answers our prayers, uh, we experience this presence and the blessing of God, the one who provides everything that we need, right? He is above and beyond whatever we can even imagine. Jesus goes on to say, and I don't have the verse here for you this morning, but just that simply that you have not because you ask not. Uh, we very often go without because we've not bothered to actually ask God. So we need to continue to pray and not lose heart. This was echoed by those who came after Jesus, those who wrote uh, Paul in particular, 1 Thessalonians 5, was he say that this idea of of Praying without ceasing, never stopping to pray. He says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In other words, don't stop. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. There's this joy accompanying with glorifying God that comes to us as we continue to have the conversation with God. Never stop praying. Maybe you practice this already, but this 
constant conversation with God that you might have. I hope that you do. I hope you learn to that. But this, the idea in our relationship with God is that we continue to have conversation with God. We listen to Him. We speak to Him. We listen to Him. We speak to Him. We keep the conversation active. It's not an occasional once a week, but... And this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples, is that don't lose heart. You know, keep having that conversation. Philippians 4, uh, again, uh, he says this, Rejoice, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So we're encouraged to pray continually without ceasing, right? Why do we lose heart? Why do we stop praying? Why have you stopped praying? Why have I stopped praying? Usually it's because we question who God is. We question the character and resolve of the one we're speaking to. Why is it that you would stop speaking to a friend or a family member? Because you don't feel like the person really wants to hear you anymore, right? If you're sharing something of your heart and you feel like they're not listening to you, what do you do? You might demand that they listen or you might just stop talking to them, right? We question who God is. We question God's resolve. We question His existence. We question His love. We question His power. We question his justice. We question his kindness. Bottom line is, we question the character of our God. Listen, if you really believe that God existed, if you really believe that he loved you, if you really believe that he was a God of justice and could actually solve your issues, you would probably talk to him a whole lot more. Right? If we don't believe he exists, why would we ever speak to him? If we don't believe that God can solve any issue that we might have or cares about us, why would we ever have a conversation? We continue to pray when our perspective of God aligns up with who He really is. We will continue to pray. We will maybe start praying when we understand, oh, this is who I'm speaking to. Jesus is dealing with this very issue in Luke 18. He's saying, don't stop praying. He says, because of who I am. And he tells a story to his disciples explaining who he's not and then who he is. He says, there was a, in verse 2 of Luke 18, he says, there was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people. And a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Verse 14, the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't, feel, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Now be careful here, gentlemen. If you know a woman like this, don't be judging. Verse 6, Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision, in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to this chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them. How fast? Quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will be will he find on earth who have faith? I think 
the reason why we sometimes haven't started praying or that after we've started praying, we don't keep praying is because we question who God is. We question his character. We question his resolve. We question his love for us. We're not really sure that he's listening. I think about the story that we find in 1 Kings. It's a story about Elijah who's having this power moment with the prophets of Baal. You know, there's all these prophets of Baal who are worshiping not God. They're worshiping uh, one who is not God, who they consider, who they call Baal. And they're uh, crying out. They've, they've sacrificed animals. It's on the altar. And this is power play. Elijah and these prophets of Baal are having a power play just to prove who really is the sovereign God, who really is the most powerful of all. Elijah allows the prophets of Baal to go first. Now, they were putting all of these animals on top of the altar, and they weren't allowed to use any fire. They were just going to wait and pray and ask whoever's God was most powerful to come and light the fire around this altar, around this sacrifice. It's a very interesting story. These prophets of Baal, the Bible tells us, are dancing around this altar, crying out. They're cutting themselves. They're, they're screaming. They're dancing, trying to get their God to answer and and, and for fire to come down and lick up this offering that they're trying to give to him. They did this all morning at about noontime. Elijah begins to mock them. And I put this up for you here. Uh, he says, you'll have to shout louder than that, he scoffed, to catch the attention of your God. Perhaps he's, he's talking to someone. Or he's out sitting on the what? The toilet. Or maybe he's away on a trip. Or is, or is asleep and needs to be awakened. Of course, then they shouted even louder, danced even more and crying out for God to come and, and take care of this sacrifice. The story is fantastic, goes on. And then finally, once they've done their bit, uh, Elijah just prays a simple prayer. And God comes down with power, with fire and licks up everything, eats up everything that's on the fire. And, and, and God wins. God wins in the day. Elijah had not lost heart because he knew the character of his God power and the sovereign power of his God. And so he did not lose heart. I think often, although we might not say it out loud, but we, when we pray, sometimes we look at our God and we treat God the same way Elijah joked about the gods of Baal. And we say, God, where are you? Are you asleep? Are you sitting on the toilet? I hope you've never said that or thought it, but maybe possibly that's your perspective of, of God. More than likely, you might think that you would not be a high priority for God because of your perspective of yourself and how you see yourself. Possibly you don't, you don't really think God loves you and therefore you say, why would he listen to me? Have you been there? Or you just think, ah, I'm surely not worthy enough for the God of the universe to hear me. Maybe you just don't think you're at the top of God's list. Maybe you think that God is just so busy. He's got so many people he's got to listen to. Why would he listen to me? I've heard actually people say this before. They've said, you know what? There's so many other people who have greater needs than mine. You know, why would he, why would I ask God to stop and pause and, and, and look at my little situation? But of course, then our perspective of God is based on our perspective of, of ourselves and our busy lives and maybe other important people we know who are busy. Why would they take the time for your little need? And so... 
we don't pray for all those little issues, all those details of our life because we'd be like, God, this is too busy and this is too important. God has more important things to deal with than my little stuff. And so we we don't speak to him. We stop the conversation. We might have prayed once and then we stop because, well, he heard me then. He'll get to it later, you know, when he has time. He'll get to it when he has a moment. So I'm not going to just keep asking God. When we pray, the reality is that Jesus is saying, I'm not like the unjust judge. I, I hear. Luke 18, let's look at it again. Luke 18, verse 6. Learn a lesson from the unjust judge. For even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice how fast? Quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? When we align up with what is true about God, then we begin to adjust our expectations and we have our hope restored and we continue to pray. Jesus is saying, I am not like all of these bad leaders. I care for you. I hear you the moment you pray and I'll bring justice quickly. We need to align up our thinking and our heart with who God really is. Daniel, in the Old Testament, we see all these examples all through Scripture where you see the contrast of God compared to to unjust leaders. And you see the character of God displayed throughout Scripture, reminding us, because we need to be reminded over and over again, no, 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 God is good, God is loving, God hears us when we pray. Unlike most every example that we see in life, that, that do not listen to us or don't have time. God is different than any relationship we have. God is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's all power. He's, he's, he is everywhere. He's all loving. And when we keep that conversation alive with him, we're not keeping a conversation alive with some ordinary person. We are keeping a conversation alive with the one who created the universe who is all-loving, all-powerful, the God of justice, who's quick. He hears us. He's fast to respond. That's the one we're keeping the conversation going with. Daniel, in this context of Daniel chapter 10, he's been talking to God for three weeks. He's been agonizing and talking to him. And then at the end of those three weeks, an angel is sent to him to have a conversation with him. And this is what he says in verse 12. The angel says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come to your, I have come in answer to your prayer. The moment Daniel began speaking, although he had waited three weeks to hear back, the moment he started speaking, he was heard in heaven. And things began to be put into place instantly for this justice that Daniel was asking for. I love this story because if you continue in the story, you see that as he kept this conversation now alive with this this angel that he was seeing, uh, 
he was so afraid of the angel that he couldn't speak, and so the angel reached over and touched his lips, and then he was able to speak. But he was still weak because of he'd been trembling in fear of, of this, and he also hadn't eaten in days. And so the angel touched him again and restored his strength. And then he was able to speak and stand because of the power of God. God, who heard him the moment he began speaking, started putting into place justice. And then he came and comforted him in that moment, touched him so he could speak, touched him so he could have strength. This is what God does for us. God restores our ability to speak again and to stand and to have strength in those moments. And that's why we pray. Is because we cannot stand, we cannot speak without Him. Without Him, we can do absolutely nothing. And so we must keep praying. We must keep the conversation living and alive. We see this modeled by Jesus Himself when Jesus walked the earth. You see, He's walked, He's done ministry, and He's about to go to the cross, and He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what does he say? What does he do? Luke 22, verse 44, says he prayed more fervently up to the point of his death, right? That's what it says here. Luke 22, verse 44. He prayed more fervently. He increased his, his praying as he went to the cross. When we go through crisis, when we go through times, this is the model of Jesus for us, is that when things get horrible, we don't need to reduce our praying. We need to increase our praying because we are praying to the God who absolutely loves us. He's the God of perfect justice. He's the God that will supply every one of our needs. God is the one who comes and takes care of us. And so we need to stop. We need to start talking and keep talking to him, especially in the middle of crises. Jesus prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that he's his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And this is an actual condition called hematidrosis, that we experience such an extraordinary uh, amount of stress that we can actually sweat blood. Uh, blood is actually uh, the, <laughs> the capillaries, as you say here, uh, actually burst in the sweat glands and blood pours into the sweat glands and then comes out of our bodies. We sweat blood. Uh, this is documented in life when people are in an accident or different, different, you know, extreme crises, and they're under such extraordinary stress that they experience the same thing Jesus was experiencing here, where where we sweat blood because of how intense the crisis was. This gives us a picture from Dr. Luke of of how intense this moment was, and this great intensity of sweating blood. What is Jesus doing? He is praying even more fervently. He's praying through the night. At last, he stood up again after praying and returned to the disciples only to find them, what? Asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, Jesus says. Get up and pray so that you will not give up, not give in to temptations. Jesus' example of life is in the middle of crisis, when things are going horrible, increase your prayer. Increase your conversation with God. Don't stop praying. Don't lose heart and quit. We've got to keep the conversation alive and going. When you stop talking, it's the beginning of the end, right? In most any relationship that you know of, when you stop talking to that person, 
It's the beginning of the end. It really is what Jesus is asking us to do is to remain in him. John 15, verse 4 through 5 says, remain in me, right? And, I, and he says, I'll remain in you. You do your part, I'll do my part. Remain in me, I will remain in you. Keep talking. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you do what? Remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, I and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, say it with me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Keep talking. Don't lose heart. Keep talking. Jesus ends his story in a way that's ah, that that cuts me deeply. I hope it cuts you this morning and makes us sparks, inspires you to, to start that conversation if you've stopped. Luke 18, verse 8, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. This is his promise. He's going to do his part. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Jesus is saying, you should never stop praying, but when Jesus does eventually come, how many will he find who are, who are still praying? How many will he find that are still remaining in him, that haven't given up? Jesus says, because of who he is and because of who he's not, he is not like any corrupt leader or parent or friend. He's not like anyone you've ever spoken to before. He's faithful. He's quick to bring justice when you speak to him. Speed. He's quick. Now, I know this morning that for many of us, we think God is not nearly as fast as he needs to be. Many of you have been praying about a certain issue in your life for how long? <laughs> Maybe sometimes years. And you're exhausted. You're exhausted because of the crisis that you're in, and you're exhausted because you just feel like that God is not hearing you anymore. You need to adjust your understanding of who God is. God weeps with us when we weep. God cares for us. We see that every time we continue to persist in talking to him, he comes and he ministers to us. The crisis that we're in may not be solved, but he touches our lips and we're able to speak again. He touches us again and we're able to stand again. And in the middle of whatever we're experiencing, God becomes our friend. And really, the invitation very often is not necessarily to solve your problem, but to be with you. You with me on this? Jesus offering his friendship, his compassion to walk with you, to be strong in the midst of your crisis. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we live in a world that will not change until Jesus returns. We live in a difficult place, and we live in a place that is it's just, it's just constant crises. Any one of us this morning can, can, can instantly on the spot give a speech about how bad the world is. I could point to any of you in this place, and you can say, tell me how bad the world is, and you would instantly have a speech ready, right? Of course. 
All of us have something we can complain about. We've rehearsed it. We've already maybe already complained about it. We've already given this speech to many people. My life stinks. My life stinks. Let me tell you why my life stinks. Let me count the ways of how horrible my life is. We got that speech. It's ready. But are we speaking to God? God cares about us. God cares. The fact of the matter is, is that this world and difficulty of this world is promised to us by God. We see this in Matthew 24. All through Scripture, we see that <laughs> he summarizes this in Matthew 24. Is this idea that there'll be rumors of wars, there'll be, uh, you know, nations will be against nations, there'll be famines, there'll be earthquakes. It's just this whole list of horrible things. You'll be persecuted, some may die. And then the summary of this is in verse, uh, in verse 12. Sin will be what? Rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. He's saying in this difficult place, very often we will, we will lose our resolve. Our love for God will diminish. We will lose our perspective of who God really is. And, and that's true for a lot of us in that we have just allowed this deep, great relationship that we have with God to just fizzle out. The love is gone. From our side, not his side, but from our side. We don't love him. We don't speak to him. We don't listen to him. We just complain about this situation that we're in to everyone but God. Romans 12, verse 12. Paul tells us to do what? Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and do what? Keep on praying. Keep on praying. And then experience this continual presence of the Father to walk us through the world he promised would be difficult. And God will give us his presence, his joy, his peace that makes no under, that makes no sense. We see this. Pray. Pray without ceasing. And the peace of God which passes all man's understanding will keep your hearts in, in Christ Jesus. The, the goal of praying is that we would stay with him, that we would remain in him and enjoy him. And by this, the Father is glorified. We're never promised this world is going to be easy, but we are promised that he'll be with us. So he says, Keep talking. Keep the conversation alive. We're invited to stop questioning God's resolve. We're invited to stop questioning His faithfulness, questioning His capacity. We need to stop questioning His presence and His justice. We need to stop questioning His character. God will always do His side. The question here in verse 8 is, will we do our side? Will we continue to walk with Him? Will we continue to place faith in him? How many will God find when he returns that still have faith in him? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Thank you, God, that you have never lost your resolve or your intentionality, your capacity. Father, we know that you are more than capable. And Lord Jesus, you walk with us. You ask his father not to stop talking. So Lord Jesus, this morning we confess, God, that we've been discouraged. And Lord, we've, we've become silent. We've stopped listening. We ask God that you would forgive us. And we ask God that uh, you would give us the strength. Lord, touch us again. 
that we would be able to speak. Lord, touch us that we would be able to stand. Lord, we want to keep that conversation living and alive. It's in your name I pray. This is Rico Veca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.